The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You see an ad on Craigslist. Is this where I do people still look at ads on? Apparently they do look <laughs> at ads at ads on Craigslist. You see a Craigslist ad for what exactly? So first of all, I should definitely be the spokesperson for Craigslist because I love it. I still use okay. it. I, I don't think it's as popular as it used to be, but I okay. found some gems on there dating all the way back to me being in college. There's some good stuff on there sometimes. Dating? Um, so you you mentioned the word dating. Do you do you date from Craigslist? No, 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 no. Okay, all right, just just jobs. Dating back. Okay, okay, jobs. All right. Hi, my name is Ronald Gladden, and I am a corgi enthusiast. Hi, everybody. Well, it's a Tuesday. And you know what that means. It means it's time for another episode of Off the Beat with me, your host, Brian Baumgartner. William Shakespeare once said, some are born great, some achieve greatness, and others have greatness thrust upon them. Well, my guest today was probably born a pretty great guy, but he definitely had fame thrust upon him. I'm talking to the star of Amazon's Jury Duty. Ronald Gladden. Now, if you don't know the story, run, don't walk and watch the show. But here's the short version. Ronald signed up for what he thought was just a regular run of the mill jury duty, doing his civic duty and participating in our, well, our glorious democracy. But what he was actually participating in was basically the Truman Show where he was sequestered from the outside world, filmed 24-7, and everyone around him was an actor, and every scenario was meticulously 
staged. Now, this might sound like a stress dream come true, but Jury Duty is some of the funniest, most uplifting television in recent memory, thanks in no small part to Ronald's big heart and, well, can-do attitude. So I wanted to talk to Ronald to hear about the process behind this insane experiment and his feelings about the big reveal and the whirlwind that he's been on since the show ended. Hollywood has embraced Ronald with open arms, folks. Not only did he quit his day job, but he recently signed a deal with Amazon MGM for future projects. So I'm so excited to talk to him today. My favorite former solar panel contractor, Ronald Gladden. Bubble and squeak. I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning Left over from the night before Well, well, well Hey, look at here What's happening? Brian, man, first of all, it's it's a pleasure to meet you I gotta say thank you so much for having me after seeing your face on my TV for, you know, over a decade, this is amazing. I love it. Well, thank you for saying that. Your face has been on my TV the last year. <laughs> I might call it the best comedy of last year. Uh, congratulations on, uh, well, she's on everything. That's It's amazing. And you got to work, even though you didn't know it at the time, with a, a couple of old <laughs> pals of mine. Gene Stepnitsky and uh, Lee Eisenberg. First <laughs> off, I talked to Gene uh, last summer when around the time the show came out because I became such a huge fan of the show and I talked to him about it and I told him I I've got to talk to Ronald here at uh, at some point. But now, have you hung out with those guys after after the fact? Oh, ab- absolutely, they are great. Um, I heard that Gene is a little bit of a, of a recluse, though. I heard he is a kind of hard to get in contact with. Yeah, well, they they all, you know, all great writers are a little reclusive, right? I guess. <laughs> hey, I, I'll I'll take your word for it, man. I'm I'm still figuring out how this all works. Well, I want to I want to I want to talk a, a little bit about about your history first, and then how you got uh, propelled onto this uh, this wild ride of jury duty. First up, you were born in Oregon, is that right? Correct. So I am initially from Oregon. I'm from a very small mountain town that no one's ever heard of. Okay. How 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 was that growing up? Was that was that a good childhood or? I mean, it was it was hit and miss. Like there was definitely benefits for growing up in a small town, but like for example, I was really big into sports. I feel like if I would have grown up in like a bigger city, I would have gone further with that. Um, just, I mean, like I said, you know, pros and cons for sure, but I, I liked it. It's a beautiful place. Um, I, all majority of my family still lives there. I mean, they seem to love it. Right. And now I heard at some point you took the jump to San Diego. Are you in, are you in Los Angeles now? Yeah, I am in Los Angeles now, begrudgingly, I might add. Um, I, I definitely moved to San Diego specifically, um, but you know, work relocation. So is this since the show you've been in LA? Where were you when when you when you found out about the show? 
So I was in San Diego. Um, what had happened was when I moved to San Diego in 2019, I got into the solar world. And so I've been doing construction pretty much my whole life, but I had never done solar specific. So I really threw myself into my work because I wanted to learn as much as possible to be as good as possible. Um, okay. And so I really just kind of dove into it. And I found out about the show because after doing this for a few years, I burnt myself out. You know, 12, 15, 16 hour days, like living on the road, I had just had enough. So I was really just looking for just something different just to kind of shake it up. And the show was just the perfect opportunity to get an experience I had never done before. You know, they were going to pay me a little bit of money for a couple of weeks of my time. I figured, why not? Okay. So you're doing solar construction. And I, I understand you went to OSU correct, uh, yes. for construction engineering. That is correct. Okay. So you're doing that, working in the in the solar solar panel industry, <laughs> um, and you see an ad on Craigslist. Is this right? I, do people still look at ads on? Apparently, they do look <laughs> at ads at ads on Craigslist. You see a Craigslist ad for what exactly? So first of all, I should definitely be the spokesperson for Craigslist because I love it. I still use okay. it. I, I don't think it's as popular as it used to be, but I okay. found some gems on there dating all the way back to me being in college. There's some good stuff on there sometimes. Dating? Um, so you you mentioned the word dating. Do you do you date from Craigslist? No, 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 no. no, no okay, no. all right, all right. <laughs> just all right. just jobs. Just dating gigs. back. Okay, okay, <laughs> jobs. All right. So you look on Craigslist. You see an ad for what? Yeah. So, well, I do want to say too, I wasn't just looking on Craigslist. I mean, I was looking everywhere. It could, it sure. was on Facebook, Indeed, um, sure. you know, ZipRecruiter, you name it. But basically the ad was pretty vague and that's kind of what intrigued me. It basically just said, um, you know, be a part of our jury. We're going to be doing a documentary about, um, you know, the behind the scenes look at what goes on during the judicial system and what goes on in like the deliberation room. They said, all you have to do is participate in the trial and then, you know, answer our interview questions. So it seems simple enough. Okay. So had you ever served on a jury before? No, that was actually one of the main requirements. That was in the initial ad. Um, they just had a couple things that you had to be, you know, certain age range. Um, you had to be a male and you could have never served on jury duty before. Okay. Okay. So when you show up, what we see in the show do you do you have any other meetings before this, or, or where, where the show picks up is that you showing up to a, to potentially be chosen for this jury? Yeah, so the the very first day is exactly what you said. Um, I was prepped from the very beginning that even though production could love me and they want me to be a part of it, I still ultimately have to get selected by the judge. So I was prepped from day one that I may not even make it, and I could potentially just have to go home. Got it. Were there other people in the room? There weren't other people in the room that first day who might have been chosen. No, it was, this was about you, right? Yeah. It, well, I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but yeah, this no, of was a hundred percent. Yeah. About me. Okay. So when they said you had to be selected by the judge, that was, that was bullshit. I mean, they, <laughs> yes, but, but, but for you, you didn't, you didn't know you had to show up and you probably assumed that other people who were there were, we're we're trying to be on this uh, documentary for the for the jury, right? Actually, the other way around. Um, okay. The way the way it was pitched, where there were a couple people there that were there specifically for the documentary part of it, but a majority of the other people were all trying to get out of it essentially because these were all people who received real summons. And the way that it worked was that after everyone was selected, 
um, the camera crew approached all the people who weren't initially a part of it. And they said, Hey, this is what we're doing. We'd like you to be a part of it. And then this is what we can do for you. And so that's how they, you know, brought everybody on. Wow. Okay. Um, how difficult was it in terms of the, so how long, how long were you sequestered from then on? Uh, three weeks, three weeks and no phone. Yeah, right? no, no phone, no connection to the outside world. They did have an option where you could make monitored phone calls at the end of the day, but that's not even something I really wanted to do because you literally had somebody wearing, you know, an earpiece just listening to your conversation. And so I, I hated the idea of that. <laughs> oh my God. So uh, did, were you, okay. Oh my God. There's just so, so much. <laughs> so here's the thing that's so fascinating to me about, the show is it, i mean i guess by its definition it's a prank show right but cuz you are being pranked in a way but it's not at your expense right like it's you you're 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 never made to be like the butt of the joke or whatever i i know some some people have called it the first feel good prank show ever <laughs> um are you how, what was your feeling like when you found out in the end what was what was going on? If I had to sum up in one word, just disbelief, you know, um, right. like I just would have because I, I mean, I know people want to call it a prank show because we don't really have like a term for what this is. Like that's the closest thing that you can describe the show because I got Truman showed, you know. It's right. like it was it was kind of a prank show um but to your point I was never the butt of a joke so that's why I don't like calling it a prank show because if anything it was everybody else making themselves look like morons if anything Right Did you were you angry Not at all I mean after the initial disbelief wore off like I like to think that I have a pretty good sense of humor and I mean, you know, I realized that I was never made to look a fool. And so, like, I could definitely see the funny side of it. Right. Um, Gene told me they they did this two other times with, with two other people. Um, and yours was the one that stuck, which makes sense. Everything seemed to, to play out perfectly. Uh, did you ever see any of the other footage or see any of the other... Uh, meet any, the other two people who, who, who this happened to? No, I was unaware that they did this uh, multiple times. So that's a, honestly a, a great feeling to know that I was the one that was chosen, but no, I, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that till right now? Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I mean, I know that people had talked about it, but like, I mean, everything is just always so hush hush. There's always so, there's so many levels to it. Like I have no idea. Um, What were some of the moments did you ever suspect that something else was going on first off? I mean, so this is hard to describe. Like they got me on camera multiple, they only show it once, but they got me on camera multiple times saying like, I feel like I'm on reality TV. Like something doesn't feel right. Like, I don't know what's going on, but this something's just not right. But I never seriously entertained the idea that something else could be going on because that just led me down this rabbit hole, you know? And then at some point when I start questioning my entire reality, I'm almost starting to question my sanity at that point. I'm like, oh my God, am I fucking losing my mind right now, you know? 
So like, I, I could never seriously entertain that idea. I mean, I, I, I thought about it jokingly, but in what world do you ever sit down and say, okay, everything around me is fake. Everyone's an actor. This is all an elaborate show and I'm the center of attention. You know, like that's a pretty conceited thought to have. Yeah. The Truman show. Uh, it, it, it is. I mean, I think that's a, that's actually way better said than, than a prank show. Yeah. It is like the Truman show where, yeah, you're the only one uh, who's not aware of what the the world actually is. Um, tell me a couple of the moments that happened that looking back, you go, I can't believe that that played out and I didn't realize it. <laughs> I mean, the Margaret, I hate watching the fourth episode cause that's the Margaritaville episode because right. to me that, that should have been a red flag because I thought to myself the whole time, I was like, how are we even able to do this? You know, that was at the end of the second week going into our third week. They pitch it as like a, you know, we feel bad that we've kept you guys locked up for this long. So we want to treat you to a night out. But even then I was like, man, I just didn't think that that was something you'd be able to do. Um, but I kind of just went with the flow. I wasn't going to argue with it. Um, but that definitely raised the red flag for me. Yeah. James Marsden. Did you like him as a person? Now I'm not talking about <laughs> now, but as a as the person that you met, as the character James Marsden, what were your what were your secret thoughts about him? Well, I mean, initially, I wanted to love the guy. You know, after I realized who he was, and I realized that I knew some of his work, and I was a fan, I wanted to enjoy him. But James, to his credit, did exactly what his character development process was supposed to do. Over time, he made me hate him and not want to be around him because he was just such an asshole. You know, like there's no better word for it. He was just he played such this smug, entitled version of himself so well that I I couldn't I didn't want to be near him towards the end. I just absolutely didn't want to deal with him. Who was your favorite? Ooh, that's tough. Um Probably a toss-up between Maria Russell, who played Inez, and probably Ron Song, who played Ken. Um, I feel like he didn't get enough screen time simply because his character was meant to be, his delivery was so slow. Um, so just for time constraints, they cut back on it. But he was very fun to interact with. Did everybody else got to go home, right? You just didn't know that? Uh, well, four, were there four or five? I think there were four other people who stayed in my hotel, and then everybody else did get to go home, yes. Um, but it was pitched as, you know, this uh, sequestration was so last minute that they couldn't find a hotel to fit all of us. And so they broke us up into two hotels where the majority of them did get to go home. And then we were the only ones who stayed in the hotel. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Have you stayed in touch with people since? Absolutely. Like yeah. some, something I really want people to know about this show is that like it really was like a feel good comedy and that we all connected. Like I'm still friends with all of these people. And it's not just the people that you see on screen as well, too. I'm talking about the EPs, the showrunners, the cameraman, Chris Darnell, even too. Like I've got all these people's phone numbers and I still stay in contact with them. It's a great group of people. Yeah. Now, were you talking to, as this was going on, were you talking to the quote unquote documentary crew like were you like are the people who were supposedly producing the documentary or or were you sort of uh i don't know sequestered from from them so i could talk to them like at the courthouse i mean i could talk to them wherever but it, really i dealt with them mainly at the courthouse so i didn't realize that i was being filmed the entire time because i only ever saw four cameras in total and they were cameras that were, you know, wheeled from room to room. So as we're moving places, they have to get setups. There's tons of downtime. So I would kind of just talk to them during those transitions. Okay. Okay. And so the people who were producers, you you were seeing them. You just didn't realize exactly what they were producing. Yeah, they, I, I don't know what you would call them, an infield producer, maybe, um, but there was okay. two of them. Um, they were the people who actually interviewed me and um, gave me this opportunity to even bring me on. And so I saw them every day. They're the ones asking us questions at the end of the day, just trying to get information for the documentary. Did you have any moment that you considered not signing on in the end? Because my assumption is, because <laughs> that, knowing how the business works, as I watched it, I'm like, this guy had to have agreed at some point in the end, right? To, to, to say, okay, you can go with this, right? Yeah. Ultimately they did leave it up to me to sign off and approve on it or not. They said like, do you want to move forward with this or not? Um, I don't know what would have happened if I would have said no, I guess they'd try <laughs> the whole thing over again. Um, but I, though I really didn't have any reservations 
for a few different reasons. One, I didn't, I, I approached this thinking that nobody was going to see this anyways. You know, this was pitched to me as being very low budget and informational. And who's going to want to watch a documentary about an informational jury duty process, you know? So I didn't think right. anybody was going to see this. When I found out that James was going to be a part of it, I thought, you know, maybe we'll get a few more eyes on this. But truthfully, I didn't think this was going to get outside of LA, let alone the state. So I really wasn't too worried about it. I, right. I will say, though, I almost didn't sign up for it in the beginning because the first thing I had to do when I answered the ad was I had to submit like a 60-second self-tape just talking about myself, where I'm from, hobbies, interests, things like that. And I hated the way I looked on camera. I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I sounded. I like. I almost didn't submit it because I was like, "Oh my god!" I redid it multiple times, and I finally just said, "Whatever." I'll just. I'll see if it works. Did anybody share with you why you were chosen? Not specifically. I mean, I, I I've heard like kind of like people's thoughts on the matter, but not specifically. I think it was more of just like. I was just open and honest. Um, like uh, Alexis Sampietro, she was the one who was giving me the interviews. She commented about how she was like, oh, I really appreciate your honesty when she would ask me about, have I listened to certain podcasts or seen TV shows? And she's like, some people will lie and try to say that they have, and they'll ask them more questions further, and they won't be able to answer them. But I was just very blunt and honest with her. Well, that's a good way to be. Anything make you uncomfortable? Because part of you know, part, part of what happens when some of the other characters are made to maybe not look so good, specifically um, some racial comments that happen, <laughs> what's occurring to me is in the first episode, anything make you like overly uncomfortable? Not uncomfortable, um, just kind of weirded out, I guess. Um, right. But to be, okay. to be honest, I approach this with the mentality that I'm going to be surrounded by 12 other individuals that could be who knows what, you know, I'm going into LA, LA is already known to have characters for people. I'm going into jury duty. So it's a random assortment of people. So I kind of approach this with the mindset that I'm going to be surrounded by some pretty weird people. Right. Yeah. I, it's, I, I mean, I, the balls that you had to stay with it and your, I mean, your openness and honesty, I mean, Good, uh, good for her for choosing you because I, I mean, it would have been so easy for it to go so totally wrong and just be unwatchable. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a rule in improv. I was thinking about this when I knew I was going to talk to you and I don't even know if you know this or not, but it's, it's the, it's the say yes. In other words, if somebody says something and you say no in improv, it's dead, it's over. Like there's nothing else to do. But you stayed open and attempted to mediate at times, <laughs> attempted to keep people on the team, if you will, at times, which was just so, so pleasurable to watch. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And it's it's funny that you say that because I've, I, I want to live in the comedy world. I love comedy. Um, no matter what form that is, I'd really like to get into it. But I've been looking a lot more into improv because it seems like that's something I, I like really like doing. And I've had a few people who live in that world tell me that I already live my life in the yes and way. So that's why I feel like improv would be like perfect for me because I'm already open to doing that in my natural life. Now, is this what do, do you do you want to continue to work in the entertainment industry? I I I, I read that you got a little uh, a little deal there going with uh, Amazon. <laughs> 
uh, MGM. Is this is this something you want to con- continue to pursue? Oh, absolutely. We are working on a few different shows um, right now. We're holding meetings. We're meeting with showrunners, writers. Like this is definitely something I want to live in. Um, I can always go back to my construction life if I want to. You know, I can go back to contracting at any point in time. I don't really want to. I'd like to try and make this work. So I'm going to do my best of that. But you know, I always have fallback options if it doesn't work out. Good for you. What's what's your favorite thing? that you've been able to do or experience because of the show? Ooh, that's tough. Cause I've had a, a ton of great opportunities. I would just say being invited to all these events, just kind of in general, like just getting to meet a list celebrities was never even on my list of things I thought would happen to me. So I'm just enjoying that as much as possible. Did you ever want to be an actor before this? <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. No is the easy no. answer. Um, okay, but, that's good. Like, I, I also never like I was never the child that had aspirations to be famous, to be a singer, to be an actor. I never, I never wanted the spotlight. Um, I've always been kind of like a behind the scenes player, pulling the strings. So it's very, it's very different to be the face now. Are you taking classes? I have, yeah, actually. Um, I don't know how far I'm going to go. It's something that I'm just doing to see if I like it. Um, I've sat in on Emerson's classes. They have a comedic arts um, division. So just kind of just seeing if it's something I'm interested in, but I definitely am exploring that. I saw you had a little commercial go there during the Super Bowl. How exciting was that for you? Oh, it was amazing. And again, just getting able, being able to meet all of those people as well too. Uh, people that I've watched on my TV for years, you know, like those are the experiences that I'm really just like soaking in. That's what I'm enjoying the most. Did you go to the Emmys? I did go to the Emmys and I got to go to the Globes too. You did. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. And that was a wild time. What, well, yeah, what was your favorite party? Oof. Probably the the party, the pre Emmy party. I'm not sure what it's called, but like I I can't even tell you how many people I met there. That was just like an overload for me. Yeah, dude, it's so incredible. Again, the in case you didn't know, Lee and Gene are pretty damn smart. Um, oh yeah, they, they are pretty damn smart. And to, I mean, I think the only thing that's a, a problem is I don't know. I don't know how you repeat it. I was talking to him, uh, Gene, about this uh, before because now the cat's out of the bag. And I mean, for it to have started on Freebie and to have gotten so much attention speaks to the quality of the material and that people will find things that are interesting and unique and different. And certainly you were a big part of that. Yeah. I, and I will say too, I'm obviously a huge fan of Lee and Jean love the office, obviously. Um, but yeah, just getting, being able to talk to those guys is just like, that is an experience in and of itself. Just like being able to pick their brain and see what it is they're thinking and how they work. Like that, that was really cool. What interests you about, about, uh, about the work like you know you said you're 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 looking at maybe selling some projects and you're taking some acting classes like do you want to create do you want to like wh- where where do you see yourself here moving forward if if things go well 
Well, um, it's kind of hard to say because I'm more of in like this experimental process, just kind of trying things out to see if I like them. I'd like to um, give my shot at producing as well. Um, and so I'm trying to work with uh, David Bernad as well, too. We're trying to work on stuff. So I'd like to shadow him, kind of see how he does his things. Um, I really like the idea of doing like voiceover work because I love animated shows. And so if I could do like an animated comedy, I would love to do that. Um, hosting is something that I'm going to try to entertain as well, too. So I'm just going to kind of give my shot at anything and just kind of see how it goes and if I like it. You know, the other thing that occurs to me that's just so cool is you have so many people who are trying to get into this business. Uh, I mean, saying for the wrong reasons, that's that's simplistic. But all they want is to get into the business because of some perception of what it is or or what they could be or what they could do you're you're tricked into it you're <laughs> you're 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 tricked into being on uh you know again maybe the biggest comedy of last year and your your temperament is just like well let's let's roll with it let's just see what happens and if not you can go back to doing what you did before but you had a good time and you're learning a lot and i uh I love that. I wish all of the best uh, to you, Ronald, and and continued uh, success either in in this industry or something else. And uh, I had a little bit of a uh, a family illness there for the evening before party, or I would have seen you. But one of these days, we'll we'll run into each other at one of those events. Oh, all right, man. Yeah, I, I wish I could have met you there. Um, damn, that's that's a bummer. I'm sorry to hear. I hope everything's all right. No, no, everything's fine, but uh but that that's why I wasn't there, but we'll uh we'll we'll do it next time, all right? Yeah, yes please, man. I I would love to officially get to meet you for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ronald. I appreciate it and good luck to you, all right? Thank you. It was a pleasure, Brian. I appreciate you having me on. Ronald, thanks for coming on. That may have been a little short, but very, very sweet. That's what she said. Uh, and I look, I really look forward to meeting you in person at an event sometime in the very near future. Listeners, I will see all of you back here next week, same time, same place. And until then, have a fabulous week. Off the Beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Diego Tapia. Our producers are Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan Papa Zachary, and our intern is Ali Amir Sahid. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by the one and only Creed Bratton. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.